Welcome to your bariatric safe space. I'm your host, Brittany with love, and I'm excited to unravel the old and celebrate the new. Let's do it. Thank y'all so much for joining me for another episode. Um, I am super excited because we are bringing in the new year. Happy New Year, you guys. This is the first episode for 2023. Um, I'm excited. I am very, very excited for what this year holds for us, what that looks like for you, um, and everything in between. But I am going to jump right into today's episode. Um, The name of today's episode is called The Paste Debate. Um, And this topic is really important to me simply because Um, I think that so many of us get caught up in the idea of the VSG surgery. And the reason being is because we feel like, you know, we see other people's progress and it's easy to look at someone else's progress and be like, okay, I can do this. I can do this surgery. I, I can, you know, show up the way that they show up. And then we get the surgery and then we realize, hmm. This is a little bit more of a challenge. Um, And it's simply because we looked at someone else's progress and we gauged our ability based on their ability. Um, We gauged what we could do with what they did. And sometimes that's not an accurate guesstimation on our success. Um, And it's not to say that you can't achieve the same things that other people achieved. However, um, I think what we miss a lot of times is that everybody's story and everybody's journey and everybody's body, everybody's ailments, everybody's pre-existing conditions are not the same. And what I mean by that is what you dealt with or what you qualified for, um, your BMI is is going to be much different than mine. Even though we may be the same height, we may be the same size, you may not have had PCOS like I did. You may have had diabetes, you may have had other blood-related issues, and to put yourself in a situation where you are wanting to get a surgery or do something because you are overly inspired by somebody else and you don't really take into account, okay, so they were able to do this because they don't have the nine to five that I have, or they do have the nine to five they have, but they're not a student like I'm a student. You know, whatever the comparison is, um, I think that we forget that people's lives also play a huge role in how their success plays out with this surgery. Um, And I just wanted to let you know, like, number one, I am not coming for anybody. Um, I get a ton of messages um, across all of my platforms, um, even comments of people saying how inspired they are by my journey, um, how inspirational I've been for them. And as I appreciate, sincerely appreciate all of those comments, um, where it's, you know, kind of like heart jerking is, a lot of people get inspired and then they say, I want to do what you did. How did you do it? And then I tell them and then they're like, Mm-mm. girl, you was smoking crack. Something wrong with you. <laughs> you. You did a little bit too much and I'm not trying to do all that. And it's not to say that you can't do it. And it's not to say that, you know, I, I don't have faith in you. I do. However, I know that what I did to achieve this was because of my why. It was because of my drive. It was because of the things that I knew that I needed to do in order to be where I am. Um, and I know for a lot of people, it's it's not that serious to them, meaning they will achieve their goals when they achieve their goals. You know, they don't really have um, this grand plan of being this size two by month 12, you know, like 
that's not everybody's goal. But for me, I wanted to reach my goal before I hit my one year. Now, we all know <laughs> I hit my goal in nine months. Um, and as that is commendable, that's not everybody's story. Everybody didn't lose a hundred pounds in nine months. There are some people that, you know, are at month 18 and still have barely scratched the surface of losing 50 pounds. And that doesn't make your, your journey any more or less successful than mine. It just makes your journey different. And I know that we are all in this pace debate or this pace journey, but I, I need us all to understand um, that everybody's journey looks different. There are some people that lose the 100 pounds and they have no excess skin. There are some people that lose that same 100 pounds and it's full. Their journey and their bodies are full of excess skin. Again, that does not make their journey any more or less successful, but it just makes their journey different. And I think that it's really important that we don't gauge our success based on what we see in other people that are that we're inspired by. Um, before I got the VSG surgery, I was looking for somebody that looked like me, somebody that had the same body type as mine, um, same height as mine, same pre-existing condition as mine. And I just wanted to have somebody to identify with. And I'm sure that that's a lot of us because telling somebody, hey, you're about to get this sleeve surgery or you're about to get the gastric bypass surgery and you are going to drop weight quickly. And not quickly in the normal sense of, okay, you're going to lose the 50 pounds in a year. No, you can lose 50 pounds in two months, like that kind of quick change. And for some people, that's like a lot. I know for me, processing the fact that I could achieve my goal was a lot. It was very, very difficult for me to, to believe that. Like, what the hell do you mean I can be 155 pounds? Like, that's my goal. My goal, to be quite frank with y'all, was to, to get back to my high school weight. Um, and I reached that in May. And I had got the surgery in December. Um, and I loved my May weight. I was so ecstatic in that size, in that body, in that space, um, in my skin. Like I was blown away at the fact that I was a mom of two and I was in my high school body and it didn't feel the same. It felt very different because obviously I had two kids. Um, but I was able to look at the scale and be impressed at the fact that I was in my thirties, you know, 30 years old. Um, literally just had freshly turned 30 and I was my high school weight. Um, and that was cool for me. But then I realized, Brittany, if you push yourself and you keep pushing yourself, you can go past that. And I did. And my goal was 155, um, after I had reached my high school weight, because that was my first goal. I just want to be my high school weight. And I stayed there for a little second. And that was my stall. I was I stalled at 174 for a minute, y'all. And I was like, oh my God, I'm never going to reach 155. And then I was following somebody who was like losing and she had hit the 155 goal. And I was like, oh my God, I'm never going to reach that goal. And then I hit 155. And I was like, oh, okay. And now I'm sitting at 141. And I'm like, oh, well, now my goal is 135. Like, let's see, you know, if I can reach that. And I've been teetering between 141 and 144 
for weeks. And I know it's because it's the holidays. I know it's because I have like been living in this YOLO mindset. Um, now, granted, I'm going I'm to divert this conversation real quick to give y'all some tea. So let me tell you, <laughs> if you want to splurge on, during the holidays, your birthday, vacation, whatever, go ahead and do that. Go to the store and get you some smooth move tea. It is literally the key to everything. And I am not promoting binging food that you are not supposed to be eating based on your goals and then going to erase it by fleshing yourself out. I'm not promoting that. However, um, sometimes for me, when I get on those splurging moments, which is literally Christmas was my first time. <laughs> my first time. Don't laugh at me, y'all. I'm so strict. But Christmas was my first time really... Um, splurging. Um, and when I say splurging, I just mean not caring that most of my meal for the day was carbs rather than protein. Like I didn't force myself to prioritize protein. If there was meat on my plate, great. If there wasn't, it's fine. I am a vegetarian at heart. So I, on Christmas Eve, I ate macaroni and cheese. That was the first thing that I ate. I did not care. And I was fine with that. And then after that, I ate some um, green beans. I was like, y'all are not finna stress me out. I'm going to eat my veggies and my sides because that's just that's just naturally what I, I gravitate towards. Um, and then after that, I was like, uh, on Christmas Day, I mean, I turned around and I was like, you know what? I'm going to eat some lasagna. And I normally don't eat pasta because it makes me extremely full. So I tricked my brain to believe that I was really having lasagna. But I got a little bit of noodles and a bunch of filling instead, which my body does not like cheese um, or red sauce. So I was literally just acting a fool on Christmas, okay? I had lasagna. I had um, cabbage and green bean. It was a mixture. Um, and then I had, for the first time, jalapeno cornbread homemade chow. I took one bite of that jalapeno cornbread and I neglected everything else on my plate. And I got so full off of just eating cornbread, cabbage, and green beans and I can't handle spice. So the cabbage and green beans was spicy. On top of the cornbread, I don't really eat bread because it fills me up in two bites. But I stuffed myself to capacity. And then I had to turn around <laughs> and drink some smooth mousse tea. Not necessarily to um, erase the food that I ate, but to kind of give my body a relief. Because I had overexposed my stomach to things that I don't normally eat and things that irritate my stomach. But I wanted it so bad. And I had a conversation with one of my bariatric friends and she was like, I don't want to. I ate this Christmas and, and on Thanksgiving because I didn't want to get into next year and be like, damn, I wish I would have eaten XYZ. And I was like, I feel you because I had the same mindset. I was like, I don't want to get to the end of the year or past the holidays and be like, damn, I should have ate that or I should have tried that. And I'm sitting here kicking myself in the butt. And I, I had to have these pep talks with myself because I realized, you know what? Brittany, you've been going hard for a whole year and you surpassed your goal. You will not gain back 20 pounds if you just have this one meal on this one day. You'll be fine. And I got on the scale to prove a point to myself because, you know, we say we big talk and then we turn around and we're like self-sabotaging secretly, <laughs> which is what I did for a hot second. And then I got on the scale and I saw, girl... You didn't even gain 0.4 pounds. Go get your black behind off of that damn scale. Like, cut it out. You know, like you have to talk yourself out of self-sabotaging self moments because it's like, why? Why in the hell are you stressing yourself out? You know you cannot gain five pounds in two seconds from eating food. Cut it out. 
So anyways, um, that was my little divergent um, conversation. But yes, I drank smooth move tea um, that night of Christmas. Um, and it allowed me to feel relieved in the morning because my stomach was literally in knots because I had cheese, I had dairy, I had red sauce, I had spice and all of those things working together. And I wasn't doing it on purpose. I didn't realize that the food was spicy, but it was so good at that point. I was like, well, I'm just going to finish it. Um, and yeah, it, it kind of backfired on me. Um, but it was good. Like, that's all that mattered. The food was good. I even tried some rum cake for the first time. Like, it, everything was so delicious. Everything was um, homemade, hand-prepared. It was not store-bought. Um, so I was really happy. Like, I was in my happy foodie place, and I did not feel a stench of guilt about it. Um, I did feel some discomfort, but <laughs> I took care of it. So if you are going to splurge, sis, bro, my tip is go ahead and get you some smooth move tea from the store. It's at the grocery store. I think it's by like some natural organic company. Um, it's in a white box. I will post the details in the uh, description once I find it. Um, but yeah, I live on smooth move tea and I don't recommend drinking it all the time because you will have the bubble guts every single time you drink water, eat, smell food. Don't do that to yourself. I did it in the beginning of my journey and I lived on the toilet for days. Please don't follow my example. Drink one cup of that tea. You can put some lemon in it or some creamer if you're feeling froggy. Um, and that's it. Like that's it. You just drink that one cup and it'll take care of you for about three days. And it's not anything that's invasive. It's not going to kill your stomach, but it is going to give you the relief um, that you need if you are somebody who can't eat certain things that you love because it causes your stomach discomfort. Um, so that's that. Um, but back on um, the conversation, um, I really think that we have to create a space where we are inspired by people, but don't feel the need to compete with them, so to speak. Um as I was saying, before I started my journey, I was trying to find somebody that looked like me, that was my same height, that had my same pre-existing condition, and I didn't really find that. Um, I found one person, which I've talked about before, and she was very nasty to me. And I'm like, how the hell are you a social media influencer? In the Department of Health and Wellness, specifically VSG, specifically having struggled with PCOS, specifically being literally two pounds heavier than me, like, and we're the same height, come on, and you're black, like, we identify on, and you're Caribbean, come on, like, you identify in so many areas and you were literally an asshole to me for no reason, and I'm literally asking you for help because you have promoted yourself, you grew a brand, and your page, to be a VSG staple. How dare you? Like, I was really frustrated and I made it my mission that once I got this surgery, I would not be her. I would be better. And I spend most of my day talking to women. I spend most of my day um, giving people advice. Hell, talking to some people off the ledge. Like, I, and, and I give people advice from marriage to parenthood to just girl talk to, um, weight loss, fitness, uh, health, wellness, mental, like all of these different things. Now, mind you, I did go to school for psychology, so I'm not giving y'all advice out of my ass. Um, I did go to school for psychology. I did not graduate um, with a degree in psychology um, because it was too overwhelming for me. 
way psychology is way too overwhelming. Um, but I did continue my studies after college, but I, I did go to school for psychology and that doesn't mean that I'm an expert, but it means I'm not steering you in the wrong direction. Um, so to speak, I'm not pulling from anything besides textbook and personal experiences and God as, you know, God flows through me. Um, but other than that, yeah. Um, anyways, I made it a point to not be that example. And the reason being was because I realized that some people really gravitate towards what inspires them because they are scared. Again, your doctor telling you that you are about to embark on a journey that is going to literally change your life in a way that you can't even imagine if you show up and do your work, if you show up for yourself, that is a reason to be fearful. And I never promote that people don't operate in that. Sit in that fear for a moment. Let it sink in. And then that will either motivate you or tell your, it will tell you, hey, I don't want to do this. I, I can't do this. I'm not ready to do this. But it will give you a heat check. It'll be that moment where you decide that this is really something that you want to do or this is something that at this moment, you can't commit to, and that's okay. Um, I talked about this on the last episode. You know, when I first got introduced to VSG surgery, it took me years, years to say yes. Years, guys. Like, it didn't, it wasn't an instant yes. It was a, oh, okay, yeah, I'm not giving up food. Like, I'm sorry. I'd rather just get a tummy tuck and keep going back to get a tummy tuck than to give up food because food is too daggone good. I am not going to give up my Marco's pizza with that garlic butter on the crust, that Roma and Parmesan seasoning, and I'm not giving that up. And y'all, I would eat the whole medium pizza, extra cheese, and black olives. I mean, not extra cheese, but extra black olives. Child, I did not play with Marco's, okay? And the only reason why I loved Marco's is because I worked there <laughs> and it wasn't about the food being free because I only worked there for a week because I couldn't, I couldn't do the schedule. People were calling out of work every five minutes. But anyways, um, their food, if you were going to eat anybody's pizza, eat Marco's pizza because everything is fresh. Now I can't speak for everybody's facility, but the facility that I worked at the specific restaurant, oh my gosh. They made the dough from scratch, the tomato, uh, the, the sauce that goes on there. The only thing that came, but it came fresh every day was the ingredients, the cheese, which they still, they got it in a block and grated the cheese by hand. They sliced the, the pepperonis, like everything, the, the vegetables came from um, whatever Cisco or whatever the, the little food company is. And they got shipments every single day. And once the food ran out, it ran out. That was like, I was like, if I'm going to eat anything, I want to eat something that's really fresh because I worked at Pizza Hut as well and Pizza Hut ain't fresh. Um, So if you're going to eat pizza, eat Marco's. Don't tell your doctor I told you that, but if you're going to eat food, eat Marco's, okay? Um, But yeah, I wasn't willing to give that up. I was not willing to give up my relationship with food. And after being in pain, after not being able to live the life that I wanted to, after not being able to experience moments for the fullness that they had to offer because of self-sabotage, because I was in my head, because of so many things, I was like, you know what? I think it's time that I made a change because I am noticing that my husband is pulling back. My kids are pulling back because I am an explosive yeller. I am... While I was somebody who was an explosive yeller, I was just, I was uncomfortable to be around because I was uncomfortable in my body and I made a choice 
And that choice was to get off my ass, go talk to this doctor and see what I could do, especially if my insurance can cover it. I made the call. They ran my insurance over the phone and I had my appointment and I'm here today, you know, and it's, it's not that easy for everybody. Everybody goes through push and pull. Um, I've had plenty of people in the beginning of my journey, like, oh my God, you inspired me. I'm going to go ahead and do it. And then the whole year went by and then they were like, so that time that I said I was going to do it, I didn't do it, but I'm going to do it now. My appointment is on this day. My, um, hopefully my surgery gets scheduled by this time. Cause I have another uh, appointment set up and my insurance is already on board and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm proud of you because you did it at your own pace. You did it when the time was right, when you felt like you could show up for yourself, when you truly had enough. And I know that I get, you know, a lot of messages with people asking me how I did it, but there are those rare times where people ask, when do you know that you're ready for the surgery? And I'm like, you know when you're ready. You know when you've had enough. Um, I made a decision when I had enough. And, and we always say, I'm so tired of being fat. I'm tired of it. We always say that. But there are times when we know that we mean it. And there are other times when we don't mean it. Like, I'm going to make a change. I'm going to do And we don't. And we don't. And we'll go to the Chinese restaurant and get some food and eat the whole platter and self-sabotage. And that is okay. I don't ever want you to feel like your moments of self-sabotage are not okay. They can become toxic if you allow them, but you are allowed to feel your emotions. God would not have allowed us to, to have emotions if we were not allowed to feel them. And that is something that I promote to my children. That is something I promote to anybody that listens or asks me for advice. If you are having a moment, sit in that moment because it's going to do one of two things. It's either going to empower you or it's going to teach you a lesson. It's going to teach you. And the lesson that's going to teach you, you know, in that moment is, oh, I thought that I was together and I realized that I still have some inner work to do. And then where the empowerment side comes in is, you know what? No. I am not going to operate in that emotion. No, I am not going to do that. No, I am not going to feel that because I am better than that. That's where the empowerment comes in. And neither of those routes are bad. Neither of those routes are right or wrong. It just depends on your growth during that stage of your journey. And that's what I mean by your pace. Your pace is not going to look like mine. I did very different things to prepare myself for this surgery that other people may not be capable, able, or willing to do. It wasn't, uh, it was difficult, but it wasn't that difficult for me to unpack my traumas. Um, and the reason being is because I was so ready to let go of the burden of carrying my traumas for all of my life that I was willing to do anything. I became desperate because I replayed my traumas all day in my sleep, in my subconscious, and I got sick of it. I truly, truly got sick of it. I got sick of not being able to enjoy moments because I was so much in my head. And there are some people that are like, no. I'm not willing to deal with my daddy my daddy issues. I'm not willing to deal with my mommy issues. I'm not willing to deal with that sexual trauma. I am not willing to dig up those skeletons in my closet. No, I don't want to do that. And that is okay. But that is what was required of me in order to move forward in my journey. I could not continue to do life the same way that I had been doing it 
without saying I have to get my mental together because I've lost weight before. I've lost 20 pounds at a time, several times throughout my journey with PCOS and prior to surgery. And it never stayed because my mental wasn't together. And I know to some people that you know, have lost the weight and didn't do their mental work and, and gained it back. You know, it's like, ugh, you always talk about mental, Brittany. Yes, because that's what changed my life. It it allowed me to think clearly. It allowed me to make very accurate decisions in, in life. It allowed me to really pivot the trajectory of my success in every aspect of my life, in every relationship that I have. And I can honestly say that the people that are close to me and around me enjoy this version of me so much more because they get to know who I am, not the person that I have to show up and be with the mask on. And I talked about this on the last episode as well. You know, I had a, a really great conversation with my husband's grandmother um, and she was just very much so taken aback at how different that I was now versus then. And mind you, I've known his family since I was 18 years old. Like we, I finally met them when I was 18. Um, and I, I met his parents when I was 16. We've known each other since we were 14. Um, we went to high school together, but um, high school and college, God help me. Um, but anyways, um, just being able to be around somebody who knew me in a teenage mindset, going through growing women pains and then growing women pains, excuse me, and then becoming a mom, going through weight gain, going through my PCOS getting worse and worse and worse, emotional issues. She was able to see that pivot. And her conversation with me was, Brittany, your personality is different. Like, you're literally a completely different person and not just physically, but your conversations are different. The way that you carry yourself is different. And, and because of that, it made me really proud of myself in that moment because somebody of her age, in her, I think she's in like her 70s or 80s, can see that I'm doing my work. And it's it's so much so that we don't see each other often, but when we do, the fact that you're able to recognize through what you see on social media and in me that is different, I'm telling you, doing your mental work is a thing, guys. It's not some spiritual voodoo shit that people try to commercialize. When you get down to the molecular atom level of, of your mental state, of your brain, literally like the, the, the makeup of your brain, y'all, when you can get to that root, oh my God, it is literally the most beautiful thing when you can literally see your mind for what it is without the residue of your traumas, without the residue of the, the life that you have been living, when you're able to just have clear thoughts and say, you know what, that was a part of my story, but that is not a part of who I am. It literally makes everything that you do, everything that you want to accomplish so much easier. And I say that because now you can pivot your mind and put your mind to something and do it without self-sabotaging, without getting caught up in the moment. Like there are moments when I begin to self-sabotage and I quickly talk myself out of it. And the old me would have never done. I would have self-sabotaged myself into a deep, ugly depression. And now I don't deal with depression. I don't stress. And when I say I don't stress, I do not stress. Like back in the day, stress used to be so bad for me that it would cause me physical pain. Like I would be so stressed that you would see the sweat 
coming out of my pores because of how angry, because of how stressed, because of how heightened my emotions are were, um, you would see it coming through my pores. Literally, I would soak up a shirt, y'all. I, I'm not exaggerating. I wish my husband was here so y'all could hear. It is a true story. It would it would physically come from my pores. And and then there would be a smell associated with it. When I got mad, it got y'all. God help me. I am not exaggerating. It was bad. Um, and because of that, you know, me prioritizing healing my mental state was so important to me. And when people come to me and they're kind of doing the comparison thing, I have to like put them back in that mindset of, hey, your journey's not going to look like mine because I had a lot to unpack, but I was willing to unpack it. And if you're not willing to unpack some things mentally, then your journey is never going to look like mine because I took a lot of my issues head on. I took my daddy issues head on. I took my mommy issues head on. I took my relationship issues with my husband head on. My dynamic with my children head on. I literally addressed everything and everybody that I had beef with as much as I could as as much as they were receptive. Like I I am I couldn't continue that narrative anymore. I couldn't continue to be the villain in a lot of people's stories. And it wasn't because I really cared about their perception of me, but it was more so I needed you to know that I was in a space of being unhealed. I was in a space of toxicity and I don't want you to frame the rest of your journey as a person based on a figment idea of who I was because that's not who I am. And no, I'm not trying to rekindle a relationship with you. No, I'm not trying to paint the picture that I'm changed and I'm healed and I'm this person. I'm not trying to do any of that. But I'm apologizing to you for not being the version of myself that you deserved in that moment because you didn't deserve that. Nobody deserved the version of me that I was spewing out back then. And now I'm so selective with who I allow in my space, who I allow in my circle, who I speak to. Like I will text everybody, but I don't get on the phone with nobody. And I mean that so wholeheartedly because everybody can't have access to me. When I say everybody, that includes mama, that includes daddy, that includes best friend, that includes in-laws, that includes everybody. I am very very, very selective with who I allow into my life, into my circle, into my daily, um, everything, because I work so hard to become this person. And again, if you are not willing to work this hard just on your mental, your journey won't look like mine. So stop comparing what you can do or what could be your journey with mine, because it, it won't if you're not willing to do the work that I did. And at a point, I was so offended that everybody kept messaging me and asking me, Brittany, what did you do to get to this point? What did you do to get, how did you do that? And I literally sat down and wrote eBooks because I kept literally copying and pasting the same exact messages over and over again. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna just put this in a little ebook so people can go and spend less than $10 to get the same information that everybody keep ask, keeps asking me. And it wasn't to capitalize financially on y'all. That's not what it was. However, it is my time that I put into it and it's $5. There are people that literally <laughs> charge so much more than that and create a whole book of nonsense and charge you $25. 
Y'all just spent money on Christmas on Savage Fenty to dress your bodies, but not fix your internal insides of getting your mind together. And that was only a $5 investment. It cost you $5 or $7 to invest into your mind. And y'all rather spend to dress your outside, but not address your inside. And there is no judgment, but don't ask me why I was able to achieve what I was achieved, why, why I was able to achieve what I achieved. And you're not able to achieve that same thing. I gave you the blueprint for $7 and you chose to not take that blueprint. I can't help you past that point. Your journey won't look like mine because I chose to invest into myself. I chose to invest into my mental. And this is not a selling tactic. Please don't come for me and be like, all Brittany cares about is money. I don't. I'm the last person that cares about money. You can ask anybody that knows me um, on a surface level or deeply. Money is never a priority of mine. I will send the damn ebook to you for free. I don't care. Um, if that's not my purpose for anything that I do. I didn't build this platform for money, but I I built this platform because I genuinely care about our community, our bariatric community, our mental health community, our black community, our women-based community, because we deserve to be in a space where we love the life that we're living and without comparing ourselves, because society has taught us that we have to be a size two in order to compete in certain spaces. And that's not true. You don't have to compete with someone else's pace, with someone else's success in order to be validated in your own journey. And this whole episode became a tangent, a passionate tangent, but I really want to stress to you guys to please run your own race. Please do not compare because that comparison trap is so real. Social media will have you believing that other people have an incredible life based on what they show and they're dying on the inside. They're miserable on the inside and they're not even doing the work that they're showing you that they're promoting like, oh, I'm so happy, but you're not really doing the work on the inside. You're just trying to show up for a paycheck from social media or for your fans or for likes or to feel validated and they're not going home and really doing Doing their work. And I am not one of those people. I'm not going to sell you a lie. I'm going to tell you and share information with you based on things that I have done to become the version of myself that you were attracted to. Because you're listening to this podcast because something in me was attractive to you. Something in me inspired you. And it is my job. It is my mission. It is my purpose. It is my calling to make sure that I am doing all that I can and being an example as best as I can for people that need real, true, honest inspiration, that need real, true, and honest guidance because we need it. We need some real rawness and some honesty in a common place that constantly feeds us bullshit. Like we do. And I want to be in that percentage of women, of men, of people, of content creators, of social media influencers, examples that truly give you the real, the raw, um, because we need it. We need those people that we can cling to for that heat check, for that accountability, for that inspiration. And I am honored to be that for you if that's the role that I play in your journey. If the role that I play in your journey is to compare, um, I'm sorry, I'm not going to compete with you in that, Um, nor do I feel like you should do that because 
uh, I'm just a person that is truly passionate about being the best version of myself for myself, for my husband, for my kids, and for my community. And I want that for you as well. I want you to be the best version of yourself for you first and foremost, but for anybody else that means something to you, for any other cause or community that means something to you. And that means that you have to run your own race at your own pace. Um, Comparing yourself to anybody else is always going to make you feel stuck. It's always going to cause your journey to stall and it's always going to uh, invite stress into your life and it's not necessary. Um, So yeah, that is my mommy rant and a verbal spanking to you. If you are somebody that has been comparing, stop it. We are in a brand new year. It is 2023. We are moving into a fruitful, abundant year. And I just want you all to be the best versions of yourself. No matter how that looks, I want you to be the best version of yourself. I want you to be the most healed version of yourself. And that is what my wish is for you for 2023. Um, I hope that all of you had a beautiful new year. Um, I hope that 2022 really was the year of growth or at least the seed that needed to be planted for you to live the best year of your life in 2023. Um, I so appreciate you for tuning in and really supporting this podcast. Um, It means so much to me to be on season number two. Um, And I don't see myself stopping anytime soon because y'all are blessing my little heart. Um, with all of the love, support, comments, um, shares, listens, views on my crazy ass reels. I appreciate you guys so much. Um, and it's it's up from here. Whatever these young kids say, I don't I don't know what that means, but I'ma say it because <laughs> I like to fit in sometimes. But anyways, um, I hope that y'all have or sorry, I hate the word hope. I pray and um, in sending you guys such positive vibrations and I am prayerful that your 2023 will be absolutely magnificently beautiful. Until next time, my beautiful bariatric babes and bows. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. I hope you learned something, laughed a bit, and gained a level of peace in this new journey. Remember to extend grace to yourself. Until next time, friend.